Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to 2019 and welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast. Loads of rugby over the festive period, which we're going to be getting stuck into in the main part of the podcast. But some other news over Christmas was the retirement of Paul James. So before we get underway, me and Dan are just going to have a quick look back at a career of one of the original regional names, number one Osprey, Paul James. Paul James, hard man. Yeah. Played both sides of the scrum. At international and, level as well. And better, than, better than most. <laughs> yeah. Real... Um, it's gonna be a real loss, isn't he? Yeah. Such stability yeah. To, to 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 all sides he's played in. You know, Osprey's unbelievable. Bath, fantastic. Wales, incredible. Yeah, I think again, you put him in that bracket of we've often talked about players you'd hate to play against. Now, neither you or I got ever particularly close to a front row, but oh, just you know, oh, he'd just be a nasty bastard to play yeah, against, wouldn't really? he? Yeah, he would. In be, a good way, yeah. like yeah, yeah you'd, you'd want, want you'd, him on your team. You would, you would. Yeah, he's. He's one of those guys, isn't he? Bit of an unsung hero, really. When you look mm. at the stats, how many games he's played for, you know, for Wales, what he's done. It's been, you know, he's he is a bit of a legend of of of, of the Welsh game, isn't he? Hundred percent agree. Are there any uh, any memories in particular that kind of spring to mind? I know you're a keen follower of uh, what goes on in the, the scrum and the dark art, the dark <laughs> arts. Anything that kind of springs to mind? Uh, it's got to be some of those. I think some of those Welsh performances probably yeah. that that you know when we weren't particularly strong up front, mm. um, and I think some of the sides as well had targeted us, and you just knew that. Hang on, Paul James is going to come into the front row now, and yeah, they're not going to get. Up. Yeah, they're not going to get the better of us. And I think that was some of the, those were some of the biggest things for me was that other sides sometimes didn't always know who we were going to pick in the front because we yeah. had some some loose players didn't we that were great in the as in not loose great in the loose but were a little bit weak at times up front there was a number of, a number of times i think i'm right in saying so i'm going off memory but where, when we played australia and we wanted to target them in the scrum and he went for paul james over gethin jenkins and we you know we know what a legend yeah. melon is to you know to get the nod because of what he was able to do in the scrum is pretty you know he's, he's kind of high praise High praise indeed, really. But um, yeah, you know, I think I think he's done really well. The one that springs to mind for me was the the win over Australia for the Ospreys, packed house at the Liberty, and you know, kind of I, I guess a bit of a throwback to the amateur era, yeah. a, a midweek tour inside, and they were great. They? Yeah, it was, it was it was great performance, and his uh, his post match interview, which is out there out there somewhere, I'm sure, really had me. Uh, Really had me chuckle because yeah, he's, he had like a lopsided smile where he he picked up a few slaps around the chops, but uh, <laughs> it's the way he played. So yeah, congratulations on a on a brilliant career. Welcome to the Attacking Scrum podcast, where Welsh rugby matters. The first podcast of 2019, and we've got loads of amazing rugby to look forward to throughout this year. Six Nations is around the corner. It's a World Cup year. We'll have a brand new season later on in the year. But first, 
we've got a load of regional derbies to look back on. Dan Killick makes a triumphant return to the show. Happy New Year, Dan, how are you? Happy New Year, yeah, very good on the epiphany. The epiphany? The epiphany, yeah. This was the day when uh, the Three Kings, wasn't it, visited... I uh, didn't know you were a religious man. I'm not, but right. uh, somebody reminded me of it earlier on, so yeah, I thought I'd throw it out and you oh, you, hell, you yeah. hold that up, wouldn't you? Oh, well, uh, yeah, it slipped my brain, but there we go. <laughs> I've been at a christening today, which is uh, yeah, which has been my um, Your good dose of religion. So yeah, there we there we go. Let's get back to the real religion, though, Dan of uh, of Welsh rugby. Did you uh, manage manage to catch a lot of rugby over the festive period? I did catch a fair bit. Yeah, there was a lot going on, wasn't there? Mm. Um, fairly hectic with the little ones, but yeah, in between that, yeah, I did. It's nice to actually see some games that uh, you actually want to watch. <laughs> Are you implying that you know? Cardiff Blues away at Zebra can be a bit of a chore at times. It is, yeah, it is. We've said that, haven't we? Well, it's, it's interesting because people often say to us, actually, as well, like, how do you find the time to make sure you watch every single game every weekend? It can be quite tricky. Yeah. But um, do you know what? There's people out there who watch a lot more rugby than we do. Oh, yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? Like, we watch we watch every Pro 14, well, every Welsh Pro 14 yeah. game. I, I, generally speaking, I'm not too bothered about the rest. Um but I watch all the Welsh Pro 14 games, but there's, there's people out there. I, I see them on Twitter, you know, people like Murph. Yeah, watch, I was going to say Murph. He watched yeah. everything. Like, he's, all the like, English. He watches all the English stuff, you know, he'd watch French stuff. It's, yeah. yeah. So hats off. I just, I, I wish I had, I wish I had the time to do that. Well, I don't know, yeah, I don't know whether, well, Murph, I don't know whether Murph, how, how he finds the time. Mm. He must be staying up late and, uh, yeah, you know, cracking on is. through it. But yeah, it was, it was good to watch the games. I know, you know, quite a lot of them get, you know, they get criticised from time mm. to time, the derbies, don't they? But it is, I still enjoy those games more than any others yeah, because, as you said, a lot of the games, we they, well, they don't really have any interest in. Yeah. Well, that, you know, that's, that's that for me, uh, before we even get into the main part of the show, that has always been the problem with the Pro 14 is you don't have that history of derbies between, um, you know, Ospreys and Connacht. You know, it's it's difficult to get yourself quite as teed mm-hmm. up for that. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, the league again has a history of people rotating sides and stuff like that. Whereas you look at as much as I don't watch a lot of English Premiership, you look at that and there's a huge amount of derbies and stuff. But yeah, this is where we're at, isn't it? You've you've got to be you've got to be realistic about the the commercial viability yeah. of it, and and that league is is light years behind um, the kind of money that's floating around that's floating around the other leagues. So there we go. It's always coming back. It's always coming back to money, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, but a quick note before we, before we get underway, keep the uh, keep the audience amused there, Dan, while I move around the other side of the kitchen. I don't know, what, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah? this? Ooh, is that a grinder? Mm. Now we're cooking. Yeah, that is that is the sound of, uh, of the best the best Christmas present I got, which is a uh, a coffee grinder. Uh, if only I knew where to get hold of some quality coffee. Oh, wait, we're sponsored by someone who does just that in the form of So Coffee Trades. So if you want to support a young, growing Welsh business and get your hands on some quality coffee, uh, you can do that at socoffeetrades.co.uk. And uh, yeah, if we ever manage to record one of these in the morning at some point, Dan, and it's not seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, well, uh, I might, a, I might a, even make you one here. Yeah. Have a coffee, not a beer. That's it. There we go. Right, Fact or Fiction is the first part of the show. You'll probably be aware of how this works if you've ever listened before. Five statements, we debate whether they are true or false. And there's lots to discuss. But we start with this one, Dan. Wayne Pivak's recent team selections could be a cause for concern for Wales fans. Fact or Fiction? Oh, so there's a little bit of... Um, I'll say fiction, but... There are a few selections, to be honest, that I am quite puzzled by. Um, mainly, 10. Yeah. Um, playing Hadley Parks at 10. It's probably because he's such a good player. You know, you, you want to, you know, you want to have him in, you want to have him in somewhere, don't you? And, but I just can't understand why Dan, you know, having Dan Jones mm. there on the bench, I know his, def- his defence is questionable at times, but, you could see over the set of the derbies that when he, you know, when he did play, he did. I thought generally they looked better with him there because he is a ten. Well, he picked out a man of match performance against the Dragons and uh, you know comfortably managed that game from ten, yeah. really, as he has done in a lot of the games, you know, from the bench that we've seen over the last couple of seasons. I think that's the interesting thing is, well, you know, not just from the bench. You think back to that that game against Bath at the Wreck. Uh, was it a 10 that game? I think he was. I think Patrick was yeah, a fullback. He, yeah, he, he was, certainly yeah. was when yeah. we went to 
when we went to Dublin and he played at 10 yep. against Leinster. You know, they, they have no problem in throwing him in, in big games. So that was the intriguing thing for me. Do you think his, his defence of, of, of late? Because what else would it... I don't kicking, know. kicking you, game's great, isn't if it? You, if you rewind uh, maybe 13, 14 months or so, so back to the start of the, the season mm. before this one, and we were in, again, a similar scenario where we were kind of saying, you know, is Patchell overplaying things a little bit? Do they need another 10 in the side who can control yeah. things a little bit more? Why isn't Dan Jones classic, playing a bit more? Classic 10. Yeah, why isn't why isn't Dan Jones playing a bit more? And I think he was playing, uh, I think he was playing Premiership rugby possibly at yeah. the time. And then he came, slotted into that side, played really well and, you know, played a big part in those we, games. So We were puzzled then. Yeah. But was, and I'm as puzzled now, I think. But didn't we find out then that it was down to um, number of head injuries? Like, he had some, I think he had a he couple of right, concussions. Actually, yeah. I don't know whether he's had any now. Well, so, that's certainly what Pivak's been saying was it was down to, it was down to wanting to strengthen up defence in the 10 channel. Fit, yeah. But, you know, I mean, if you, want to, if you want to work on that logic, you know, you'd pick an open side flanker at, Ten and uh, I gotta be honest, Hadley Parks is no, is not. He looked, uh, he looked uncomfortable. He looked uncomfortable. He's not a ten. He's, he's a fine player. He's a very good inside centre. He's a very good footballer, but he's not a ten. I think you know he could probably he can do a a stint in there at the end of a game or at you know if someone's been sin binned, you could slot him into ten for a yeah. bit. But I think you get found out if, you, if you're having a, f- a, a few games at ten, you'll get found out event. You know, yeah, you? And, he, and he and he did. He did. He looked uncomfortable, and the, the rest of the side didn't have the the balance. I feel for the uh, the Scarlets. They're yeah. absolutely you know they're on their knees, aren't they, with injuries? Yes, yeah, decimated the and, squad at the moment. You know, so Pivac. That's the main one for me, though. That's the puzzling that, one. I, well, and, and actually, there's one more. On. Ken Owens at eight. No, I think that that was just needs must. Yeah, it? I think needs must. You, you you want you want him in the side, and if there's anybody that you can move around, it's him because he's he knows the game inside out. He'll carry well. Mm. Um, Pivac said, hasn't he before? And, and so did Patch. I think that they the way he plays is always in the wide channels anyway. So mm. there's not that there's there's nothing to worry about there. But it's just uh, needs must, isn't it? Yeah, it was a, it was a strange one. I wonder whether they. You know whether they might have just thrown Tom Phillips in for the start. I know he hasn't played a lot of rugby at eight, but I think you know he probably could have moved Kennedy to eight and uh, and done that. I think um, his lead, yeah, yeah. And, and then I'd have started Ken Owens at hooker, but um, but, yeah. got, but then you've got you've got you've got Elias of you and mm. who's who's a who's a great player. Um, yeah, no, he's, I, I, he's a very good player. I wasn't that massively surprised. The big the, the two big ones mm. for me are Parks, which mm. is which is really odd, and uh, Steph Evans um, not playing. A huge amount of a huge amount of rugby for the. For he's the, not impressed with something with Steph Evans. Some, I think. Yeah, well, there's something. I don't know whether it's on, an attitude it? thing or he's, he just thinks he's he's out of form and he's not going to. Well, a lot there's a lot of talk of him, him him going to the Blues. Yeah. So I don't know whether that's you know he said look I'm off and and Pivac's Pivac's you know not not happy with that. Um, but when you look back, when you look back at the Scarlet's performances over the last few years, how how many tries, oh, yes. how many. Um, how many good plays have come from Steph, Steph mm. Evans, and it's a huge amount, isn't it? Oh, Whether it be offload or or just beating players, and they've missed that massively. For me, yeah, I think you know, I, I don't think Steph Evans coming into that side makes a huge difference over the the court. I, I agree. I think it's, it's it's strange that he's he's kind of not really featured uh, in recent times, but I don't think that changes things. I don't think that would have. You know, all of a sudden, those those five games that they lost would have been all changed if Steph Evans had had a consistent run in the side. No, but, I, he, he, he but of, I find it a bit puzzling. Yeah, but he but he does. He's got defensive issues as well, hasn't he? But mm. he's got a good few games. You know, he's played regularly for Wales, and he does. But again, you know, those defensive issues. They weren't. No one was saying that ahead of a, a European semi-final. No one was saying that ahead of a, a Pro 14. You know, a winning Pro 14 final. No one was saying any of those things. So yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, the absence of odd. the absence of half pennies, massive, isn't it? You yeah. see again how many times we said in the international jersey, you miss when he's not there, you massively miss him, and then you know the back row, you know the back row boys that have gone. It's it's yeah. it's, it's nine impossible. So. It is, and the injuries, and you know, and I think tough things are around the corner as well because there's still going to be a huge amount of players in that squad yeah. who are going to go off and play for Wales during the Six Nations. So, you know, you're gonna you're gonna miss yeah. big players like Owens and um, yeah, Owens and uh, Jonathan Davis and th- these players who aren't just 
well, world-class players, in my opinion, they're, they're massive leaders for you as well. So that, that is going to be difficult. Do you, do you think there's an element with, with Parks playing 10 that almost like we're in the shit, right? We've got Hadley mm. Parks, who is that good, who's been so good for us over yeah. a few years. He, he can sort of, he'll, he'll sort us out in, in like, a, in, that's a really sort of simplistic way of, of looking at it. But he's been that good, hasn't he? That it's almost a bit of the, the, the fearing, you know, they know they want him in there, make the right decisions at the right time or hope that he does, and somehow he'll sort of steady the ship, and it just hasn't quite worked. But I can understand from a coaching perspective maybe why you go down that route. Possibly. I mean, my, my gut is saying that with the Steph Evans selection and with not picking Dan Jones at 10, was it was designed to be a kick up the arse for both of them. And you could argue that it's worked with Dan Jones because he's come on and played a, you know, played a man of the match performance when he has got the nod at 10 yeah but then Salsa maybe lost some games uh, in. yeah and I think you know yeah I, I would agree with that yeah. but I think it is um, in that scenario I think he's, he's kind of wanted to send a message out I suppose the counter argument as well to bring it back to the point about you know how his selection will go for Wales because th- this is the big big thing we say this time and time again international head coaches live and die by their selections but he's going to have such a bigger pool of players to to pick yeah. apart. He's going to inherit the probably the the world squad with the biggest amount of strength and depth that there has been in the professional era. So he's not he's not all of a sudden yeah, going to be going than we've ever had. Yeah, he's not all of a sudden going to be going. All oh, right, you know, Fox, he's playing at ten. If he if he isn't impressed with Gareth Anscombe one week, he's going to be going. Okay, right, okay. Well, Anscombe Anscombe's going to lose his place in the in the the twenty three, and we're going to play. With bigger and Patchell, you know, he's going to have those 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 opportunities to make. So, is there an argument that actually it could be an encouraging thing that he's not afraid to make big selections, regardless of who you are? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if they're right, aren't they? And Gallen, well, has has can you? There's hardly any any occasion where Gatlin's got it wrong is there in those big selections? Mm. So, yeah, if he gets it right, yeah, but on this occasion he hasn't, and um, you know. It, but it's, it's, it's different though isn't it it's different because he's you know he, he has got a squad that's that's threadbare I agree 10 is a very is a very strange selection and I would have gone with Dan Jones regardless but he's not he's, it's not going to be as likely that he's got this much of an injury crisis with Wales he will be able to call upon an out and out 10 oh yeah but he's still he's got a decision it's a total yeah he's got a decision to make and he's made the wrong decision obviously when he's in the yeah. when he's in the Welsh setup, he's going to have a decision to make and it's going to be yeah, what you know, which which house that half he picks out mm. four, four or five, arguably international tens. But he's this is this is one of the major decisions he's made. and He got it wrong. But does that create more competition? If you know, if he's going right, actually, I'm not happy with the way Gareth Anscombe played in that game, and I'm not happy with the way he's been training, and he needs a bit of a message sent here. Right, patch, get your lace up your boots. You're starting at ten. Biggers on the bench, and you're um, Gareth. You need to go and train harder. You know he's got he's Could got be. more to play with here. It's not like he's going to have to put in someone at ten. I did, I'm playing devil's advocate to a certain point here. Yeah, because my biggest concern over Pivac is selection. Yeah, well I, that's the biggest step for up. me. He, yeah, he's going to need he's going he needs a really strong team around him, doesn't he? And uh, what, do you, what do you think of the team so far? So Steve Jones, as expected, Jonathan Humphreys, as we kind of spoke about about three or four weeks ago. Uh, yeah, John, I missed out of that. I think Jonathan, you know, Jonathan Humphreys yeah. is uh, absolutely more than happy with. I think he's done a really good job wherever he's been, and everyone speaks so highly yeah. of him. Um, Stephen Jones has done very, very well. I am, I am worried about the, the new coaching setup coming in. Mm. I must be honest, but I think I would be with anybody yeah. if, if there's anyone coming in, just because Gatlin's just been so, so good. Yeah. Um, so it's probably a little unfair, really. You know, mm. we're going to be we're going to be fearing whoever comes in, aren't we? Um, yeah, I think so, and I think particularly because they've gone down the route of giving someone the opportunity who has who's done a really good job at regional level, rather than going out and finding a Galactico style head coach. You know, someone who's got international and experience at lots of different big clubs around the world. You know, I think that the pressure is going to be on in in that regard, and it's yeah. going to it's going to be different. But it's in, it's going to be interesting to see who who picks up that sort of. Uh, uh, almost like the little bit of warmth in the sort of selection or like deselection of players like behind the scenes stuff like with the Scarlets for instance is it is it a coincidence that Mark Taylor 
you know, since so since Mark Taylor, you know, hasn't been there, the, the Scarlets have looked like a very different side. Of course, they've got they've had major injuries, think? but I don't know. I don't know. I, you, you, you know, unless you're sort of in the camp there, you don't really know do you, what, no, that, what, what, you don't. What, what he does. But you know, we haven't heard anything negative, mm. and lots of people said good things. I, I, I don't know, but it's there's so much, isn't there, to a coaching setup other yeah. than the main, the main, the main guy. Absolutely. And with Wales, you know, Gatlin, it appears to be that he there's no sort of there's no softness to him. He he makes the call. You're in or you're out. And there's not much. There's not much explanation either. Mm. Either you know they're not going to say you know you need to work on this or you know little sort of soft calls. It's just you're in yeah. or you're out. That's that's his line. Um, so yeah, but I, I I think no, he's he's proven himself at the moment. Pivac has need to to do a good job when there's been enough enough players players available. All right. Well, talking of kind of hard line, you're in or you're out. Let's move on to this one. Thomas Young will come back to Wales when his contract expires. Fact or fiction? This is a tricky one. I think he's going to have to come back, isn't he? So, I. What are you? Yeah. What are you going to go with on this? Yeah, I think he will. Yeah, he's got it. Isn't well, he? I suppose that the, look, the the temptation is. He's cap. He's capped for Wales, so he's not like he's ever going to go and play for England. Although you know, I think he's. He would He's comfortably good enough. Yeah. And he could do rather, yeah. He could do, yeah. And so that's not on the cards. Could he make more money outside of Wales? Absolutely. Uh, well, you know, certainly from a, a club contract, you know, in, in England yeah. or in France, it's yeah, he definitely could. Absolutely. No, right, yeah. No, and, but, you know, is there that desire to play international rugby? And let's talk candidly here for a minute, not just from a, a pride point of view, which I'm sure he takes huge pride in pulling that jersey on, but also from a commercial point of view, because you you know you get pretty well reimbursed for being a an international yeah. an international player. So, is there that desire to do that? Yeah, there must be. You know, I, I don't think he's sat there accepting that he's only going to play, well, especially with what his dad's done as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, I think he's he's excelled at Wasps. He, he left he left Cardiff because he wasn't good enough to play. He wasn't good enough to get in the side. No one else gave him. And he, you know, he. he Again, you, know, you, speak, you speak to a lot of people there, and I, I don't think there were too many people who were massively upset when it didn't. It, it barely caused a ripple when he left there. You know, he played. Yeah. He probably played. You know, much more rugby for for Cardiff RFC than he had done for for the Blues. And I think that you know he's gone away. He's proved himself. He's performed consistently really well. And you watch it. You talk to anyone who watches a lot of Premiership rugby, and they say he is as you know yeah. he, he's as good as the plaudits that and, he's getting, and hugely consistent, and hugely consistent. And the the depth there is in Wales is the problem. But now, okay, Warburton's out of the equation because he's retired. Um, okay, Tipperick seems to have made the shirt his own. Navidi's around, but he's he's struggling. You know, he's had injury problems. Um, kind of threat threat last year at the end of last season, the start of this one. So, you know, it can happen very, very quickly. You've got a lot of strength in the back row. Ellis Jenkins, of course, he's out with a long-term yeah. injury at the moment. That's and big of injuries. He picks up a lot of injuries. And I suppose the thing is, is you've got a brand new head coach coming in. And that's the thing that you just don't know. So, you know, do we know that Gatland really rates uh, really rates Ellis Jenkins? I think I think that's that's pretty you'd obvious. Yeah. yeah. And you have to say, does he rate Navidi? Definitely. You know, how can you not rate Tipperick? But yeah. you know all these all of these sevens. You know Gatland really really likes. Now you're only ever one or two injuries away from from getting a real opportunity here. So if he stays if he stays in England, he's gonna he's gonna rule himself out of, of doing that. If he comes back to Wales, he's got the opportunity to play for them. And you know I I, th- I don't think you can give up. I don't think you can give up on that. And I don't think you will. No, I, I I agree. I think it's the perfect time, isn't it? That he's he's spoken about wanting to prove his. His worth, I suppose, to his mm. to his dad for, and and to the club for giving him a chance yeah. when nobody else really did. He's done that, hasn't he? In his droves, he's been you know loads of man of match performances, time and time again, been consistently great. So I think it's come at the, the you know his contract's up. It's come at the perfect time. Plus, yeah, as you say, with the head coach going, mm. I, I think he'll want that challenge, and okay. he'll back himself. Prop, he'll, he'll he'll back himself, won't he, to to get in there? Which regions do you think he would be best suited to? Given you know the way plays, given the existing players in those squads, where, where do you think he would be best at? I think the Scarlets um, are crying out for for you know that for, for him that type of player, um, and it'd be great to see him teaming up with uh, Shingler, wouldn't it? Mm. When he comes back fit, um, 
the Ospreys is going to be a no, isn't it? With well, Cracknell and, and Tip yeah, Rick. I suppose, you know, the, the argument is that Scarlet's, if if fully fit, who do you pick? Cubby or, you know, or Thomas Young? But you need that depth in there. Yeah, that's well. I think that's when you, yeah, when you say it like that. I mean, you go anywhere, wouldn't you? You, you need, especially in the back row, they're gonna pick up Knox. Yeah. Do you know what I think? The, the one, think the one region it? where he'd probably be least suited is the Dragons, because I think that's the one area we have got a bit of strength in the the back row. Although both Griffiths and Cud are injured at the moment, well, but then you've got you know you've got Wainwright who's tearing up trees <laughs> at seven. And I don't how good is he? Seven. He, look, we said it on him how numerous times. Is he and I'm at risk of being an absolute bore on this, but he is—he is a superstar. Yeah, no, he's I'm with got, you. He's—he's got it. He's yeah. got the works. You know, I started so watching, powerful. like watching him, almost just him. Mm. You know, like I do, and he really is. I, th- I think he could even—I think he'd do a job at eight. I've got to be honest. He's so bright. Mm. The way he plays, he's absolutely incredible. I, do you know what I think? He is—he is the perfect six because he's. He gets through a bucket load of tackling, does a load of the donkey work, rucking. He can carry pretty decently. He's an absolute athlete. He's really quick yeah, around he's, the field. Yeah, he's rapid. And he gets you bonus bonus yeah, turnovers. Offloading, yeah. Yeah, and offloading. Yeah, I, think yeah. Just, I feel like he's a... If he can kick onto that yeah, next level. His handling as well is, is, is brilliant as well. Yeah. And he's... I think it's just it's been outstanding mm. the way he's come from football because he's got that football yeah. in brain. So he, just, that, yeah. he just scans the pitch and you can see he's like, right, I've got to be over there. Yeah. And before the plays even come... He's like, that's where the, that's where it's going to end up. I'm there. You can almost see him sort of mapping it out. Um, sorry, I digress there, but yeah. bring it back to, to Thomas Young. So I, I don't think the Dragons would necessarily work for him. Again, I think Cardiff. Uh, you, you know, you would look at that and say there's a lot of sevens there. Really, Jenkins, Navidi, and Ollie Robinson are all sevens. He, and also, would he want to go back to? to well, he might, I, I don't think he, if 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 it, I think if, if it was right, yeah. I think he'd go there as well. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I agree. I think the Scarlets is probably the best place for him I mean given the way the Ospreys are playing at the moment which I know we're going to talk about later I don't think that's suited because again I think he as good as he is over the ball he likes to get his hands on yeah, the he's ball a running, as well doesn't he you yeah know? he's a great he's a great threat isn't he in open play so if they continue if, if well if the Scarlets continue to play as they have done under Pivac then I think that would be quite a nice fit yeah all right, yeah, I, I think I'd go with that as well. So, do you think it'll happen when it comes to the crunch? I do think he'll come yeah. back. Yeah, I think they won that challenge, and I think it'd be brilliant to see another another top top class play, you know, Welsh player coming back home, along with Josh Adams. Yeah, where's Josh Adams going to end up then? Is his is his card? Uh, Blues is yeah. Blues is being talked so heavily that it's hard to see him going anywhere else. Yeah, isn't it? but then Steph Evans is talked about going to the Blues as well. Yeah. So the Blues are going to be looking pretty strong, aren't they? Yeah, if they, I mean, you know, there's, there's been a lot of rumours knocking around yeah. there. If they can pull all of them, they, you know, again, Hallam Amos has been linked with the Blues yeah, as well. Did. I mean, they um, needed, they, you know, we've said it quite a few times. They needed him. They needed outside, outside backs. Mm. They really have. So, well, they do at the moment as well. Again, they we talk about size with with injury problems. It's, although it's not to the extent of the Scarlets, certainly in the outside backs. You know, they got Gareth Smith filling in on the wing. On the wing yeah. Scully went off injured. It's uh, yeah. There's there's a certain amount of. Of difficulty there. All right, let's move on to this one, Dan. And uh, yeah, we're heading very uh, just to the east of uh, just to the east of Cardiff. Okay. Kerry Jones has to be a contender for Dragons' new full-time head coach. Fact or fiction? Fact for me. Yeah, I think he's uh, done a really good job so far. Um, should have got two wins, shouldn't he? Yeah, I think we were robbed against yeah. uh, against the Blues. To be honest, I. I thought they pulled the trigger on that final penalty way you must too have been soon. Livid, have you? Uh, yeah, I was raging. Not as not as livid as my cousin TV's Ross, who was a, there. TV's got a little crack in it. Yeah, it, it would have a big crack in it if I had resorted to that. Through it. Yeah, I, do you know what? It, it felt inevitable, and you just I, I sensed it coming. And that is that is the problem for the Dragons. Clearly, as it was again uh, yesterday against the Scarlets, is the scrummage. It, it really is a problem. But you know, I, I felt we were robbed against um, against the Blues, but it gave them confidence. Yeah, good. <coughs> out the win against the Ospreys, and there was nothing pretty really uh, about the, the performance against the Scarlets. Good try at the end, but again, you know that game a month ago under Jackman, and we're we're getting we're getting forty points thrown on us again there. I, I think, and it's just what he has done is he's. I think, a a clear, I think we're a clear game plan. Can, yeah, we're defending way better than than we did. I think, at every, any point I think everything's looking well. Another scrum, but that yeah. the, the game plan itself it looks like there's a game plan. Yeah, um, the players look as if they've they've sort of uh, there's a bit of a tonic, there's mm. a bit of energy there. 
even in the social media presence, all of them coming out, commenting. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems as if they were quite oppressed and they've just come out and they're in a, they're in a different place. And, um, yeah, I think I think they are. Um, even looking at this, it, you know, it's, it's a good, it's not a bad side. You, when you when you go through it, there's some decent players. It's not. It's the, it's the drop off, though, isn't it? It's the drop off because I think you you look at certain positions. I think you know we slotted in two new centres against against the Scarlets. Well, not new, but you know Dixon and Morgan haven't played a lot of rugby yeah. this this term. They've slotted in. Um, and before Sage and Sage, did. Sage and Warren Sage were playing well, fantastically. Yeah, I mean, How Warren's good is Warren? under one of the most underrated. I really rate Warren. He's, he's, he's exactly what you need at a club like the Dragons. You know, he's um, really unfussy player. Really, and he's so decision making, so yeah. good, isn't it? Tackles really well. Yeah, he's over a good the finisher. Ball, yeah, right decision. He's outstanding. Yeah, that's, really and good. that's what you need is more of those. Yeah. Perhaps not so flash, but just uh, consistency that that Warren gives you, and that's that's kind of what you need. Um, but yeah, you look in certain positions, and, yeah, and it, look, it looks better. But it, it's that it's that still that tight five for me. Um, and something Murph mentioned when he was on just before Christmas was was ten. I, I think Josh Lewis has played very very well in these last few games. Yeah, looked, actually, looked good. Um, looked a lot better. He has looked a lot better, and I think you know he's looked a lot more a lot more. Confident. I remember saying to you at the start of this season, I, I don't think we were on air, but I remember saying that I thought I thought Lewis was going to be was going to be the first choice ten this season, and uh, he, had a, he had a horrible start, a really horrible start. But he started you know he started to look a lot more composed in that. He looked, he looked, he, a, lot, he looked a lot more confident in the the last few games, as if uh, he was like, yeah I'm I'm the, I'm the ten, as if someone said to him mm. you're the ten. You're going to be the ten. Now go out with backing. Yeah, um, he just seemed to play with. Um, I don't know. His head was up. Yeah, he looked quite buoyed, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. And yeah, I agree. I think you need that in. You need that in a ten, don't you? You need you've to. You've got to be confident. And you know, Kerry Jones has got to take credit for that. All of these things. You know, he is the guy who's who's been tasked with leading them in a difficult period. And I think he's done a really, really good job so far. I give it to, to him till the end of the season. I agree. I think he, you know, I think he should be interviewed for that for that role. My only concern is this has happened before. If you look back to kind of Darren Edwards did well in a caretaker in a caretaker role, and that perhaps didn't pan out in the long run. I think you could say that you know you had those glimpses from uh, from Kingsley and Lynn Jones as well, and again neither of those panned out particularly well in the long run. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to resource as well. Obviously, they're the, as we always say, it does come back to money to a certain degree. But I, th- I think, as we said a few weeks ago, this is one that Dragons have got to get right. And I think they need, I think they need a big head coach. I, I, I do as well. I think when a, when a, when you've had a situation like that at the Dragons, when a, when the head coach goes and the, the results have been so poor and the press and everything else, you're gonna you're going to get a bit of a lift. Yeah. Just naturally you're going to, and um, it, that looks to be happening with the dragons. I'm not taking anything away from, from Jones, but mm. you do need to, 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 to sort of for succession, you do need a, a, a top class, you know, director of rugby. I, I, I think that's in. it. I like think, your Pat Lambs, you know, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Somebody it's a, like that. It's a director of rugby type role. I think that's needed someone who's going to oversee Over- recruitment yeah. and how to manage the dressing room rather than a, more of a hands-on coach. That's what I think is, is absolutely pivotal to it. Now, whether or not we're going to get that, I don't know. But that, again, if it was me and, and I was in that position, that's what I would be looking to, to recruit. I think, I think you're going to need someone who's able to, to oversee all of those things. But one thing's for sure, you know, I think Kerry Jones is going to play a big role in, um, in the Dragons coaching, regardless whether it's as head coach, whether it's as, uh, you know, whether it's as, a day-to-day tracksuit, hands-on coach. I think he's, you know, his, his stock has risen, no doubt about it. I yeah. think particularly the defence, without a defence coach yeah. and having sat the head coach, it's um, it's, it's looked miles it's better. It's a lot better, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's he's, he's doing, uh, yeah, he's doing a good job so far, isn't he? He's indeed. Right, still to come on the attacking scrum, we have our new feature on the plane where we uh, have a look at some of the players who've enhanced their claims for World Cup glory and getting getting their ticket on that plane to Japan and we're also going to start having a look at the Six Nations of course because it is not far away and uh, yeah, we've still got more to chat about from the regional derby so all of that coming up after this very short break
Two remaining, Dan, on fact or fiction. And we're going to start with this one. Scott Williams has played himself into the Wales number 12 shirt for the Six Nations. Fact or fiction? Fact. Yeah, I think he's been really good, mm. really solid. Um, he's just such a difficult guy to stop as well, isn't he? You saw him... The lesser spotted Josh Navidi missed tackle. He we did. haven't seen many of them. He did, didn't mm. he? Yeah, just drifted well, not missed, out. But, you know, bumped, didn't he? Yeah. Hand off, yeah. And I thought Navidi sort of had two chances to really get him, didn't mm. he? Because he, he slipped down off him and then he still had his foot. Yeah. And he's just... He, the, the size on him, he's absolutely enormous, yeah. isn't he? But yeah, he's been great, isn't he? Um, real leader on the pitch as well. So yeah, fact for me, all day long. Other contenders, you know, we've already discussed Hadley Parks on the earlier part of the show, but he can't have been helped by having to play a few games at 10. No, it's... it's, it's um, I don't think it'll massively go against him. Gallon knows how good he is. We all know how good he is, don't he we? Is, but I think he's out of form. He I, you know, he didn't set the world alight in the beforehand. autumn. Yeah. Yeah, he is out of form. I think he's the type of player that, um, you know, as I think you mentioned it before, that when he's out of form, he still play. He's still mm. a, a... He's a solid six or seven. He's still know, a six, yeah. seven out of ten, isn't he? And But Scott looks to be, you know, another level at the moment. I think he's really come in hungry and defensively good. Management, we've said, absolutely spot on and attacking-wise, great as well. You see, we've we've seen quite a bit of his kicking game. Um, mm. over the last few weeks as well just when to kick when not to and I think with the Ospreys that's partly uh, partly where they've been going wrong is, is is kicking a little bit too much and possibly in the wrong areas but he doesn't seem to do that well do you think obviously you know his form from the Ospreys is, is what's enhanced his claims you know, we know he's played he played a hefty amount of rugby for Wales already albeit a lot of you know a lot of the bench and a fair amount of 13 what do you think is his best position? Is he an inside centre or an outside centre? For me, he's inside. Inside centre, but I think he's good enough to play. Well, he mm. is good enough to play outside as well. But I do like him at 12. Um, I think his distribution is, is, is underrated. Um, mm. And I think, he's an all, I think he's an all-round great player. Really do. I rate him highly. Yeah, I do. And I, you know, I think it's a really well-timed return to form. Do you think it helps with Sean Edwards being down there on a day-to-day basis, or not day-to-day, but certainly a week-to-week basis, you think he'd be going back to Gat saying, Scott's back to his best? Yeah, it must help, wasn't it, on the reporting lines. Um, it, it's, got, it's, it's certainly not going not gonna, to uh, go against him, is it? Mm. So, yeah, I think that'll, that'll massively pay off. And you just see the Ospreys are a totally different side, aren't they, when he's, when he's there. And really, you know, most of the sides he's played in look, look, look different, really. I would say he's he's just a class act. I suppose again, the other thing to bear in mind is who he'll be partnering in the centre, and you know, uh, touch wood, cross your fingers, whatever lucky superstitions you've got. We need John Fox to stay fit <laughs> in that thirteen in that thirteen berth. They played a you know hefty amount of rugby together in both the Red of Wales and uh, and in his time at Scarlets. Yeah, we we really uh, really do need him, don't we? To to just yeah. Stay stay injury free, I suppose, because it'd be great to see those two, wouldn't it? Coming into the Six Nations, I guess. Um, do you think there's anybody else that might uh, that might dislike? Well, I think I think Parks is still in the running. If it were me picking the game and it was this Saturday, I'd be going with Scott Williams and John Davis. Do you think Gatland think... would, even though he's um, he's out of form, still pick Parks? Though he's a big fan. He is, but I also think he's a big fan of Scott Williams. I, I think this is this is exactly what. Gatlin, for me, the way I look at Gatlin's selections is he's got players who he thinks are international quality and is prepared to pick. And I think there are players who he doesn't. And I think you go back to like the, the era when Cuthbert was having a stinking form, but I don't think Gatlin trusted anyone else to come in and, mm-hmm. and play at international level. I don't think he thought anyone else was, was up to, to doing it. And therefore he, he consistently picked Cuthbert, despite the fact he was out of form and, and you know, kind of low on confidence, in Scott Williams and Hadley Parks, and I think in Owen Watkin, I think he sees three players who he is confident are international class inside centres. The, I suppose maybe Owen Watkin, he's still a little unsure, but I think he certainly thinks he's got the potential to play to that level. So, you know, I, I think this is the kind of the headache that he wants. I think he could use Hadley Parks having a good couple of games in the, you know, in the next four. Well. Yeah, the next fortnight I know picks the squad in just under a fortnight so he could use Hadley Parks coming into a bit of form but I think it's the kind of headache that Gatlin wants yeah 
What, what's your What's your take on uh, on Watkins? I'm a big fan. Yeah, I like him. I think he's uh, again that that strip is very very similar to to what he's Scott got that Williams down to the T. Was it the Tonga game we were at? And he was you know he was just, just taking it off him like four or five times. Yeah. He he, he yeah. managed to do that, and you know I think that's they're they're huge. That's as good as a turnover, isn't it? It's they're, the momentum changes on those are massive because no one expects yeah. him to him to do well. You kind of do with him. You do you, a bit, but, but the opposition it takes him by surprise. It's massive, and if you've got if you've got a centre who can give you three or four strips in a in a game of international rugby, you know that's that is as good as a turnover. If you had an open side flanker yeah. who give you three or four turnovers in a game, you'd be, yeah, you'd be pretty happy with that. that? Yeah. England haven't had one like that for twenty years, yeah. not twenty years, but you know not far off. Um, so yeah, I think I, I'm a big fan of him. I like his I like his sidestep as well. I think he's a he's kind of a, a classy runner. I think I think there's more to come from him. But from what I've seen so far, I yeah, he looks I, comfortable I like in the him. red shirt, doesn't he? He hasn't. So. He hasn't. I don't think he's had to sort of really grow in. Well, he'll grow into it naturally. Yeah. He looks. He looks comfortable. I think he's assured. I think he's at a similar level of development to where Scott Williams was at at that point in his career. Kind of fast tracked into the Wales side, having impressed it at club rugby, and kind of looks quite at home there. And you know, again, Scott Williams had to bide his time because of the Roberts and Davis axis. And when he got the opportunity, you trust. You know, Scott Williams has, has performed in big games. You think of the uh, the the game against England in 2012 at Twickenham. You think yeah. of the game against Ireland 2015 at uh, at the Millennium. You know, he he made match winning try try contributions to those games. So, you know, he's gone on to prove himself even with a you know with a 23 on his back. And I think Watkins at a similar level. Yeah, you know, he made like, a massive impact off the bench. Didn't even whenever he came on, he mm. do he do something monumentally big. Yeah, and often uh, you know often in the 13 channel as yeah. well. So, yeah, you know, I'm a big fan of Scott Williams. He'd be my 12. But yeah, I uh, obviously I think Hadley Parks is is comfortably Bar- international standard centre, and I think Watkins yeah. has bags potential. Good position to be in. Right, last one, Dan. The game plan from the Ospreys wasn't pretty, but it was pretty damn effective. Fact or fiction? Uh, fact in part. Oh, so, uh, I thought the um, I thought the kicking game worked fairly well for them, just because Sam Davis is got probably you know the best boot, mm. best one of the best boots in the game, isn't he? But they did kick it. They did kick it a little bit too much at times. Do you think? Yeah, I do. I I, I can't can't really understand why the uh, the Ospreys didn't use North and Scott Williams coming down Anscombe's channel yeah. regularly because when they did do it on a few Close occasions, yeah. yeah, they you know North North took that took that short ball straight into Anscombe, took out. So Anscombe's their main guy. Yeah. He, he's what makes them tick. Took him straight out. Thomas Williams had to come in and help him out as well. Another major threat out, and then also Ollie Robinson had to come. So there's three players, all of which. Well, bury the ball. Yeah, two, yeah, two guys who, who are going to control the game, and another guy who's an absolute nuisance. And then they and then they get going, and Scott can Scott can do that as well as North. So I don't know why they didn't do that. And you know, the Ospreys had loads of possession territory. They're in they're in the um, the Blues is twenty two, you know, I think eight or nine times, and they didn't come away with anything. And it was crying out for for that. Even if you know, either, when they score, or they get they get they suck in players and then they go wide. And Sam will either kick it or, or or pass it. So they're they're sort of it was mixed for me. Their tactics were were, were good enough to get that win, mm. but for me they should have won more comfortably. Yeah, I really do think that. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And there was a few, especially side like Cardiff Blues who have the ability to score late on and score from nothing. You know they can feed off scraps yeah. and, and win games. And when that was poised with whatever it was a six point lead, you thought. God, this could it's, be yeah, it's on. Yeah. you know, a, a break from Matthew Morgan, which of which there was a couple. Oh, you know, lovely. Uh, Lilo Halaholo, those kind of players can yeah. can change games on their own. Anskim himself. So, yeah, I'd I'd agree with that to a certain extent. But it's a really interesting one because you're right. It is it is not pretty. They are kicking the leather off this thing. You know, it's it's either a box kick or Sam Davis is is pinning them back. But it's working in terms of. It's quite a it's quite a limited game plan. I suppose look over over Christmas you've seen both sides of it. It was enough to beat Scarlets because they had that um, they had that opportunistic try from from Luke Luke Morgan. It was enough to beat Cardiff Blues, but against the Dragons when they couldn't break down uh, break down defence or, or pin them back and they had a side just kind of away from home, 
just dogged enough to, to to hold out for it. It didn't look like there was a plan B, you know. And and that's the thing is is from bulk for the bulk of that game, Dragons were happy not really to commit many people to the mm. um, to the ruck and just to to go. Okay, well look, you're either going to kick it or you're going to crab from side yeah. to side. So I agree. I th- I think I, the the, it, the North Scott Williams thing. I think you're right. Yeah. Just tying some defenders and it, yeah it looked as if it was a little bit too pre-planned their game but didn't it Sherrat that obviously you know he'd come out with presumably we're going to kick we're going to kick the leather off it and yeah it could have really gone wrong for them at the end there because I thought the Blues if they'd they tended to drift along you know their passing they, they did the what we said a few times they, the, the ball was being passed along the line there was no one straightening up mm. and if they straightened up a few times it's on. because the Ospreys were able to fan out very very easily and they just looked they just looked comfortable in defence so I think that led to a little bit of complacency from the Ospreys where they didn't it didn't look as if they were going to break the line up other than Matthew Morgan who was just yeah. a, you know a, a joy to watch you must have enjoyed a lot of his runs yeah I do someone's uh, on the, the Facebook group that we run which if you're not a part of Listeners, make sure you do join. It's simply called Wales Rugby Fans, and there's about 5,000 people on there now, and there's loads of rugby chat all throughout the weekend. And I had a quick look on there just before just before coming on here, and someone said, uh, does anyone else want to see Matthew Morgan in a, a Wales shirt again? And I'm just like, you know, I stay clear of it. Because, look, I know he's... We all know. We all know. <laughs> we all know the vun- we all know the vulnerability that he's that he's got. You know, defensively. Again, it was it was shown it was shown this game. Dan Evans bumping him in the you know the opening yeah. couple of minutes. But you know, I I love watching players who run with the ball and and in well, in him and and Sam Davis, you've got two contrasting players. You know, Sam Davis manages the game and it's all it all hinges around his kicking well, I think in a fairly in a fairly sort of uh, turgid game then you 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 know possibly the fact some of the fans got their money's worth by seeing some of the beautiful runs that he went on because you weren't seeing you weren't seeing sort of champagne rugby um I know I said at the beginning mm. that I liked watching these games because they're physical and, yeah yeah you know, I thought players like cracknell I thought got through a load of work yeah and good he's, and destru- he's played well yeah you know, proper destructive six. Lloyd Piers or Lloyd Ashley yeah. you know when he came on he got through a load of work Tipperick was just phenomenal mm. for me um, he looks as if he's 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 knocking he's knocking people over you know comfortably some of the passes I don't know whether you saw his pass out wide when he took the ball just the speed at which he mm. gave it out out, out to uh, Morgan on the wing um, so yeah it's, it's it's not quite not quite right for the Ospreys but it does show they're going to be dangerous if they get it right and when they get it right it's an interesting one. I just, I just think that it is about that variety of plan, you know, what the plan B is. But when that comes, though, and and it's obviously a game plan, and it's easy to point the finger at Sam Davis and go, "Oh, he's kicking the ball too much." He's being he's, he's being, being told, told yeah. to do that. He's got someone in his ear. He's being he? told to do that. And again, you know, you think back two years ago, we were saying, "Oh, maybe maybe it's worth Wales looking at, at Sam Davis at ten to bring more out of the backs outside him." And it just goes to show, look, you know, what rugby isn't as, isn't as simple as that. This is a game plan they developed. It surprised me a bit because I thought Matt Sherrick's instinct was to be quite an attacking, an attack-minded backs coach and to, to have them play flat. But I think he he's looked at Sam Davis and gone, right, this is the if he's going to be our ten, this is the best way. Or that, do you think can, he? Or do you think he's looking at it sort of very very analytically in terms of like game by you know game by game as this is the way we'll get the win? And yeah, it might be. It might go down to the wire because some of these sides can can, can carve us open at times, mm. but they've certainly I don't know because with with um, I suppose with North and with North and um, and Scott in there being big boys there, mm. they're not they're not used anywhere near as much as you as, as you'd think, are they? I mean, even some of the no, ball don't make it that far. It's yeah, but know, even it's, some of the, it's, it's either kicked off nine or ten. But even some of the situations where you've got like North. You could, so you got so you can you can they they could have got a matchup with North against Smith, Garen Smith. Yeah. Well, you know, no disrespect to Garen Smith, who's a great a great centre and doing a doing a good job on the wing, but yeah. he isn't going to stop North. No. But they didn't they didn't they didn't do that. They chose to cross yeah. kick, and, and that's fifty fifty really, isn't it? Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it was that the one where I'm trying to th- I'm trying there was there was definitely an occasion where. Because they're, they're, the kick from uh, from Davis was perfectly weighted yeah, and North was went over, yeah. and then there was one in the second half where 
yeah. the kids who just thought, just go through it the hands. Way too long. Yeah. You know, what would it, what yeah. would Jiffy have said if uh, yeah. if he'd have seen that? Yeah. And I, I don't know, it's become a modern thing now, isn't it? And they obviously, all these tens seem to really practice their cross-field kicks. And, you know, it's Look, kind of looking for a YouTube Bone. clip. Yeah, it's all, you know, it's led by <laughs> Bone Barrett. And yeah. I, I don't know, just like in that scenario, just, like, just go through the bloody yeah. hands there was, there was, and, and score. There was quite a few occasions where there was sort of five, five on three. Mm. And yeah, a, a kick would go over. There was one, wasn't there, where Davis had loads of time. I think Martin Williams said he had too much time, and that's probably why he ended up kicking it. Yeah, but, that was the one I was thinking. And of. stuff like that, that stuff like that's a little bit odd because that's not prescribed. Then is it? That's, no, it's not. That's that's in, that's where a little bit of instinct. And he is an instinctive player. He's you know he's you know we've seen him we've seen him sort of uh, you know run to the line, take it flat, and offload some some beautiful mm. lines to Beck and Beck. You know and and, and Matavesi uh, and the likes. Yeah, yeah. Matavesi and Ben John said how mm. you know. How much he enjoyed yeah. playing with him at Avesi. So I don't know. I think there's. I think there's certainly more to come from the Osprey. I think they look. They look a lot more organised anyway. And you could see that. You could certainly see the defensive work of of Edwards. Yeah, hundred percent. Couldn't you? Yeah, hard side to break down. Now. Yeah, they, they really look. Are. They look tricky, didn't they? I think that's it. I feel like this year is a bit of a consolidation year for them. I think recruitment's going to be massive for them. I think that the squad they build for next season is going to be really, really interesting and. If they can add a few more options, I think they're going to sign another ten. Personally, I think they'll be looking to sign another ten. I think they'll be a real force. Then I really do. Do you? Yeah, I do. I've been impressed with Alan Davis. Much as I hate the box kick, he's the best. He's the best nine at it. I think. Yeah, best Welsh nine. Sorry, I think he's played well. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Lloyd's kicking. Mm. Um, But yeah, I think he's gone well, hasn't he? And it's nice to see him more. Well, we're seeing more of him playing. Yeah. Which we didn't see at the Scarlet no, right. so much. So yeah, he's he's caught definitely caught the eye, isn't he? He has. Right, that does it for Fact or Fiction this week. Part two of the show is called On the Plane. So this is a relatively new feature, and what we're doing is as the Rugby World Cup gets closer, we've teamed up with our mates at MSG Tours to select one player each week who we think has advanced their claims of getting onto Warren Warren Gatland's squad and booking their seat on the trip to Japan. Dan, who has impressed you over the whole of the festive period? Who's on the shortlist? It's got to be young, isn't it? Um, can, we, can we play players that we know are going to be on there anyway? Tipperick has just been phenomenal. Um, Cracknell, I mentioned earlier, I think he's... I know we've got a lot of depth in the back row, mm. and Cracknell was in the mix, wasn't he, for a while? Got a, got a couple of caps and then completely dropped off. I like him. I don't think he's been capped actually. I think he got in a couple of squads and didn't, uh, did didn't get pick a cap, up a cap. Did I don't think because he was. Oh, well, he must have been. He was very. He was in a Six Nations squad two years yeah. ago and uh, and didn't. But it was he was in great form at that yeah. point. Um, I, but I don't think he. Played. I think he's getting back to that form now. Mm. So I think he's certainly one. You know, one to watch. Any players that you've uh, that have impressed you? Yeah, uh, I mean, look, we've 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 covered Wayne Wright, but for me, he's going, he's going on that World Cup. He's probably the one that me. We, I think we've got to put in. Is hundred percent going? Um, him and his headband. Him and his headband. Yeah, it's quite an old school look, which is, I'm a big yeah. fan of. I like it. Uh, yeah, Navidi was rocking a headband as yeah. well, actually, which I thought looked particularly cool with those dreads. Yeah, and again, more out of more out of necessity, I'm sure. But yeah, uh, Wayne Wright's probably the one who I would instantly look at. You know, again, we've mentioned Scott Williams just in a previous section of the show. I think he's he's really coming back into into form and has has impressed and I continue to be impressed by Thomas Williams I think he's just you know he's my, he's my kind of player he's just his first instinct is attack 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 and you know that's that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited so I don't know, the, the one though for me really is uh, is, is Wainwright yeah um, you've seen that clip of you that's going around uh, social media when he sprints when he sprints from one one side of the pitch basically to to far out Far out on the on the right, makes an incredible cover tackle. Um, it's a great clip if you haven't, if you haven't, if you haven't caught it. You you're going to stick it up on the attacking scrum Twitter feed. You? I will. I'll put it up on there. That's it. That's your uh, my one, my one your first contribution my, and possibly last my contribution one of 2019. Be, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But the, yeah, he's he's on the plane then. Yeah, Aaron Wainwright. Me, I think so. I really do, and I think I I agree. Yeah, I do I mean, there's, there's a hell of a lot of rugby to be played between now and then. Which in which, but it looks, certainly looks if you'll only get better. Mm. I think mean, the you know, biggest danger is injury, as it you know, as it's been for for Ellis Jenkins. You know, again, a year ago we were saying exactly the same thing about Aaron Shingler and how important he was to the Scarlets, and you know, just and cruel, see, cruel, cruel luck injuries. Now, aren't we? Yeah, you really are. And 
yeah, I, I feel really sorry for Aaron Shingler in, in all of this because he is, you know, he's a class act. And you know, whereas Wainwright is right at the start of his career, Aaron Wainwright, uh, sorry, Aaron Shingler is not at the end of his career, but he's he spent you know a long time in the wilderness. You think 2012, you thought, yeah, this guy's going to be a fixture in the squad, and then spent a lot of time out of it, and just through hard work has got back in there. So it's it's really really cruel luck for him. But from a, a selection point of view, these are good dilemmas to have. If he's back and fully fit for Rugby World, you know, in time for Rugby World Cup, which I think he will be, again, that's a great selection dilemma to have. Um, but that said, I, I just think we're going to see more and more from Wayne Wright. He's like a, for me, he's like an, an unexposed racehorse. He's, he's he's shown what he's capable of doing at, a, at the young, kind of young end of his career. And I think you're going to see more and more. He's on the plane. He's the one. All right, perfect. So Aaron Wainwright is this week's on the plane winner. And if you are thinking about booking a trip uh, on a plane of your own to Japan, then make sure you look at our pinned tweet and click on the link. And you can do that at Attacking Scrum on Twitter. Just for inquiring with MSG Tours, you could win tickets to a Wales game uh, against England in August. And if you quote the code ATTACK, then you'll get a discount off your trip if you do book so yeah all of those details are on our pin tweet at attacking scrum and we'll have another one of those next week um before we get on to part three dan any other business players had a week to forget for you or an official or someone you think is uh, has not yeah not had their best week this week and you can pick anyone from over the, the festive period if you like well i'll leave it to you because you'll probably want to pick uh you probably want to pick the ref on you for the Dragons. Uh, That's that, that is an interesting one. <laughs> the Dragons' loss to Cardiff Blues <laughs> to keep it. Don't bother me. Um, yeah, that, go that, that? Was, that was a rough one. Didn't like that one. Um, one little bit. Um, you know, I suppose other other contenders. You you could say Pivac's had a you know festive period to to forget. Extenuating circumstances. Yeah, it's there, been I difficult think. for them, isn't it? Been very, very difficult. Um, yeah, it's been a real mixed bag actually for the regions, hasn't it? Because you've got you kind of haven't got one dominant region really. Because you know, even though the uh, even though the Ospreys have probably you know statistically will have performed will have performed the best. Um, yeah, they lost, they lost the dragons. They, they won't the, be happy they lost with that. The dragons, yeah, they won't be yeah. happy with that. Um, they do look probably in the in the in the best place, don't they? Uh, uh, you know, over this period, they probably come out just about on top, haven't they? But yeah, Blues was it Blues two wins, one loss, same as the Ospreys. Dragons got the win, and then um, yeah, and then uh, who else have we got there? Scarlets obviously had a had a period to yeah yeah. The Scarlets have had a period to forget, so maybe Pivac Pivac nips in there along with the Scarlet side, but tricky with his injuries it is in which case let's just give it to Frank Murphy why not <laughs> Frank Murphy gets it for me uh, yeah I'll, uh, I'll get over it at some point but there we go right wrap up the show any other business a few things going on here and with Six Nations around the corner injury news becomes absolutely crucial so a mixed bag on that front the good news is it looks as though Toby's going to be fit in time which is a massive boost because we don't have massive depth at eight yeah, it's, it's massive. It's great. That's great, isn't it, to hear that he's uh, hopefully going to be back. We just look so much, so much more comfortable, don't we, with him at mm. him at eight? And yeah, we've we've said it many times. There's no, we haven't got the depth if we had eight. So, boy, do we need him. Just hope that his, um, you know, he's gone. He's gone his whole career, isn't he, without without getting injuries? And then he's uh, he's picked up a good few since he's yeah. moved over over the bridge. So, That's true. Um, yeah, fingers crossed. He he comes back now and stays fit. Yeah, and I suppose on the, the flip side to that, you've got the contrasting fortunes of Adam Beard, who went off early on in that Ospreys Cardiff game. And yeah, yeah apparently it's not as bad as it looks. Yeah, hopefully it's just caution. It did look, he went straight to hold his neck, didn't he? It didn't look, didn't look particularly great. Your heart sinks, doesn't it, when the, refs, yeah, it the ref stops it with a neck injury, and then they say, it's, you know, obviously you don't see any player with a neck injury, but then, you know, when they, they pan over to it and it's, it's Adam Beard, yeah, oh God, right at this time, he's, you know, potential doubt for Wales as well that's kind of double whammy but hopefully not as bad as it looks yeah hopefully it was a jar of a jar of the neck wasn't it I think it's said to be precautionary so fingers crossed how impressed with you uh, with him have you been this season or you know kind of since he's 
I guess really since the summer tour. Yeah, I've been I've been impressed. I don't think I've been as impressed as, as a lot of people have been potentially. You know, really? Been, yeah, there's been huge amounts of, of chatters and then how, how well he's gone. I think he's gone well. I think he's still he's still got to go up a few levels for me. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. For me, he's got to go up a bit. If um, everyone was fit for that first game against France, who would you be selecting alongside Alan Jones? Against France, I'd, I'd I'd probably be going. I'd probably go with Jake Ball. Would you? Yeah, yeah just I think the sheer sheer you know, you know carries the, the the you know the, he's a big man, isn't mm. he? For the scrummaging as well, just tight. You know him and Alan Wynn getting in behind each other. Um, it's another man who is rotten luck with injuries. Isn't he is. It? Yeah, he's, the, 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 he seems to be plagued with injuries, mm. doesn't he? And, and the way in which he plays, maybe that's that's going to always be the way. But we've got we've got a, a real mixed bag of we have second mm. rows. Yeah, it's Corey good. Corey offers it? something totally different, and then Beard is is a different player again. Yeah. He's sort of he's he's a little bit of Corey Hill, but he's a little bit of little bit of Jake Ball. Uh, you know, he's a little bit in between, isn't he? I think Beard has Beard's definitely got the the potential to, to to go the whole way in terms of being you know top class size power. He's got got some hands on him as well. Mm. So I can see why we're sticking, you know, we're sticking with him. And he has got he has got significantly better. But it was only, you know, before the the summer summer tour. Yeah. That you know there, there wasn't a lot of people saying this guy is is uh, is the real deal. Mm. But he's he's since then he's, you know, he's getting a lot of plaudits, and rightly so. But I do feel he's got to, he's got to go up a bit, few levels. Bit more, bit more to come. I think there's more to come from him, which is a positive, isn't it? It is. Someone who plays alongside him at the Ospreys been talking a bit of speculation this week Alwyn Jones' contract is up after Rugby World Cup will he stay will he go what's your kind of gut say on that one again you know I don't think anyone could begrudge him a, a big payday if he wanted to move outside of Wales you know he's, he's still going to have that opportunity to play because of the number of caps he's amassed well, what do you, what do you uh, think is going to happen I think he'll stay if he's going to if he's going to you know continue I think if he would have gone if he was going to go he would have probably probably gone by now I just get the impression with him that he's he's a home a home boy, loves loves where he lives. You know, he's got his family around, and um, I think that means more to him really than than maybe earning a little bit extra. What about move to Bath? Big money move, not that far away. You know, probably still able to to be based there uh, to be based in Wales. Uh, you know, not a, not a big long relocation or or anything like that. I think I'm, he'd be tempted. It's probably crossed his mind, yeah, it must have. But I just think he's so loyal, isn't he, as well? And I know, you know, you shouldn't really question someone's loyalty, should you, in this in in the, in the current day and age? Then maybe with the way in which the, the way in which the game is. But I just can't see him going. I just think he'll he'll stay there. He's Ospreys through and through, isn't he? And um, that's my yes, yeah, my take on it. Yeah, yeah, I think the yeah, no, I think you're right. And then it'll be interesting to see with the the restructure in. Uh, central in central funding and how money is you know this project reset and how money is allocated to the regions particularly in relation to wages central contracts going or the NDC's going this kind of stuff will be interesting to see kind of how that how that all plays out because I think that will have a knock-on effect on how squads are assembled but because um, don't you think you would have gone when Webb and Bigger did if I know his contract wasn't up mm. but he's that good a player that someone would someone would have would have, yeah, it's, some would have paid that out. You must have had a few people. You yeah, would have had a lot of teams sniffing around at that. Yeah, point, I, you know? I think you're right. Uh, you know, as I say, I don't think anyone would begrudge him no, a move not to Toulon or to Saracens or you know a, a big money move that's gonna um, that's gonna sort him out for after you know for after his career. Um, but I agree. I, I do think there's an element of of loyalty that. That kind of goes well. I just think he wants to stay, see out his see out his career there. I don't know. My my gut says he'll stay. Um, yeah. We'll see. One man who's not staying. Um, another second row slash back row. Sammy Manoa. Um, <laughs> Where's he been? Well, so yeah, the BBC Wales reporting that he's been released on compassionate leave. They've let him out of the, yeah, yeah. let him out of his contract. Um, seems to be trouble with um, family, with family and and relocating and stuff like that. Oh, but yeah. yeah, I mean it's a it's a body blow for the. For the Blues, I think they're expecting big things of him, and you know he's he's only really played a handful of a, a handful of, of appearances. Yeah, yeah. I was looking, for, I was looking forward to seeing mm. him as well, and um, he's carried fairly well, isn't he? I suppose when he's playing, yeah. Again, he, he just didn't look. You know, we didn't see the uh, 
the real Sam you didn't, you didn't see the wrecking ball stuff that you no. saw in Northampton and stuff no. really did you but. No. so it's a shame if it is if, it, if that is true if that is what it's about um, but there we are there's always going to be those isn't there there is right that brings us to a conclusion for this week we'll have loads more rugby coming up over the next couple of weeks as we get closer to Six Nations we've got Gatlin naming his squad soon as well so we'll be speculating about that probably next week on this podcast um, so mm. all of that to look forward to and we'd love to hear your thoughts as well so make sure you do that at Attacking Scrum uh, like our Facebook page as well and as I said earlier join the Facebook group which is simply called Wales Rugby Fans and uh, yeah there's an Instagram page as well if that's what floats your boat that is called uh, Attacking Scrum Welsh Rugby you're looking at me Welsh Rugby Attacking Scrum one of those ways around well, you're, you're all over Instagram you should be you Welsh should be Rugby Attacking out. Scrum good thank you there we go Dan and uh, yeah of course big thanks to our sponsors So Coffee Trades make sure you uh, you uh, get your hands on some coffee at socoffeetrades.co.uk we'll be back to talk rugby with you very very soon thanks for listening yes Welsh Rugby Attacking Scrum <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.